0: As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top-performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Favaza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best
1: in the business. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where we dive into the journeys of some of the most successful realtors in the industry. I'm your host, Lindsay Favaza. And today, I'm thrilled to introduce my guest, Mahi Kublis. Born and raised in Massachusetts, Mahi has been a powerhouse in the real estate world, getting her license in 2002, but only going full time four years ago. Her journey is unique starting in her family's restaurant, business in Taunton, where she honed her skills in management, customer service, and problem solving. These early experiences laid the foundation for her exceptional career in real estate, where she has built strong community connections and a reputation for excellence. Mahi's spirited personality and dedication to her clients have made her a standout in Southern Massachusetts. She's not just about selling homes. She's about building lasting relationships and helping people find their dream home. So without further ado, let's dive in. Mahi, welcome to the podcast today.
0: Thank you. That was, that was crazy. I feel like a movie star
1: all of a sudden. Well, you should, because this is your movie and we're about to roll. No, this will be on Netflix. And Um, So yeah, why don't you take us back to when you got your license? You were telling me earlier that you were like, I can't believe it was 2002. It was so long ago, but tell me about that process and why you decided to get it. And then why you decided to eventually go full-time um
0: sure so i got licensed in 2002 we recently were married and the next step was to buy our house which we did uh literally i think we closed on our first house a month after i got licensed so that was really the trigger i was really intrigued by how it worked and all the things i had to do and i didn't obviously close my own first house because i wasn't quite there yet but i think that was really the trigger uh, it was really interesting and, and all the facts that I had to learn that I had no idea about, I was oblivious to the whole process. And so it really kicked me into gear
1: and said, you know, this could be pretty interesting.
0: And Any and of your
1: it. clients since then? that you've taken through the process that have done the same thing? Cause I know that that's a very familiar story. They're like, I got started because I bought a house. So have yeah. you had clients that have turned into realtors after you've gone through the process with them or no? I, I have a couple who actually are taking their classes. Oh,
0: that's so I funny. I don't know what will happen. Uh, that, you Full know, circle. yeah, it's great. It's great.
1: All right. So take me back to now four years ago, why you decided, to you know, dive in again, like what made you go, hey, I've got this license looming, why don't I use it? <laughs> yeah, so I was on, um, I guess, I mean, we're going over 20
0: years and I was on and off, active, inactive. I would renew, I would do my classes. I think I sold one to two homes a year for a majority of that time because I was running our family business. Um, we had a pizza shop. My parents had it since I was, I think, two. Wow. So I literally grew up there. I left for a small amount of time uh, going corporate into an accounting firm, one of the top five in Boston. And that was great. Wasn't really my calling. So it was one of those decisions where I had to talk to my dad. Um, obviously, he was on the road to retirement. And back in the day, it was, oh, I'm the only child. I'm going to take over this business. And it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Thankfully, he was super understanding and supportive, and everything I learned there, I was able to take with me. Um, and I, I, you know, I had that conversation with him a few years ago, and and I said, "Listen, I think the time has come. I need to cut this cord and and move on because I really want to jump in." And so it almost kind of domino affected everything. I was able to cut that cord. I was able to join Lamachia, um through some friends and connections. And he retired and sold the business like a year later, maybe two.
1: And And that was probably better for him, too, because then he didn't always kind of have his foot still in that door either. He could sell and walk away as opposed to if you had taken it over, he would probably still be, you know, coming in and giving you advice and not be able to fully let go. (laughs) I think that's a big reason for
0: both of us that it worked out well. I would have struggled with that. And then I think he would have too, because we do have different styles with certain things. And a lot of the stuff is the same. We do work pretty similarly in terms of the business side of it. Uh, but I, I
1: don't think it would have worked for long. Yeah. Nice. So um, is it still a place that you guys go to? Did they keep it running? Is it still there?
0: So it's still there. They sold the business part of it. Uh, and they, they're friendly with them. So I actually have only gone back a couple of times, but it's nice. It's nice to see that someone else is running it and we can still go and grab a pizza if we want. <laughs> it's
1: someone else's baby. I love yeah. that. Yeah, That is so fun. So <clears throat> your early days getting started mm-hmm. in the business, not 2002 early days, but you know, a couple years ago, early days, you know, what were you thinking? What was some of the struggles that you were having in that first like year or so? A big part of my, I guess, beginning was fear.
0: I think like anyone that is sort of dual-careered, it's really scary to just stop one and full force go real estate. Uh, It's not a consistent paycheck. I think most people know that. It's really scary going from one brokerage to another where you almost have to relearn certain things because I had my license hung at a different brokerage, which was fine but I had no training, I had no support. I was really on my own like most people because we are independent. The difference that made me understand I needed to be here was A, the people are just all like friendly. Like I have a little crew that- You guys have quite the crew. We have quite the crew. And I, I truly believe that without them, I don't think I would even be here. The support, yep. the the pinging off each other for different topics, um, that's huge. That's how I work. I'm a people person. I'm not like, you know, a salesperson, so to speak. So I need that in order to be successful.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's a huge, huge thing. But, but the training here is 20 years ago, we had zero. Like you just, you get desk time, you maybe answer a phone and hope someone wants to talk to you about selling their house. And yeah, there was nothing um so i think here that's a huge huge thing because if you don't know anything you're literally going into it
1: blind there's no guidance you're making all the mistakes that others have made that you could learn from and that's the other thing too is that back in 2002 it was probably so still such a cutthroat thing too like real estate i feel like back then people were so you know Like hiding their secrets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's just such a much more collaborative. Maybe it's just us (laughs) and I think certain brokerages. But um, at the same time, I think that it's definitely like the atmosphere is definitely a lot more collaborative than it used to be. Absolutely. Yeah, it
0: was definitely cutthroat. We used to have phone time. So we would go in for our shift and sit at the phone and answer those calls. And in a similar fashion, it was considered a lead that would go to you if you answered the phone or if you had a listing. Um, and someone else answered the phone. It was supposed to go to you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: one of the first sales I had, or would have had rather got taken from me on phone time. And I was a okay. little confused. I thought I didn't understand it. Right. And my broker was like, no, he pretty much stole that. And I was like, can you do something about that? But yeah. you didn't back
1: then you just let it go. And it just makes it so much harder to trust and then to have that camaraderie within the office like you guys have built such a strong one so shout out to the brain tree crew i know they're all listening because they'll all be supporting you (laughs) um so you had such a strong community connection i know i mentioned that in your intro which is so important when it comes to real estate Mm -hmm. so how have you translated that from hey i'm the person that you knew that was working at the pizza shop to now I want to get your business in a whole different realm, right? How did you like make that shift and get people comfortable with getting to know the new Mahi?
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny because there isn't a new Mahi. There never was. It was, I'm still me. And I think that's why a lot of people that I knew from the pizza shop or from my local, you know, places that I go to my kids' schools, I'm still the same person. I'm just doing a different job. And I think growing up in a business where I learned the value of it without the sales part is it was a service business. Like, yeah, we're cooking food and we're doing that, but we're serving you because that's what you need and that's what you're asking for. And I think it's really similar. It translates into a similar type of position where you need to figure out your client's needs and you need to figure out what they really want and expect and try to cater to that without losing yourself. And most of the people already know me, so they know I'm gonna be me, take it or leave it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and if you already have that built in rapport too, where they've gotten to know you, it makes that part of it that much easier for sure. Right. Yep, definitely. So tell me about how you kind of build that rapport now with new leads that you get. How do you make sure because, you know, you obviously you would have had this like strong, you know, sphere that you could rely on. But yeah. now you get some new leads that come in. How do you make sure to kind of establish those relationships? What kind of things do you do to get them to warm up to you quickly?
0: Um, I'm,
1: I'm really low key. Uh, we have
0: a lot of training here, like I said, and, and some, you know, things we're taught will help move us along with a stranger, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I often just meet people for coffee. We've gone to restaurants, thrown back a couple of beers, not yeah. going to lie, and yeah. just get comfortable with them and, and kind of get to their level in their world and then discuss what they want. Yeah. I think talking to people and really understanding who they are before what they want, because sometimes they don't know what they want, yes. is huge. Um, and another thing, too, is I, I really, I enjoy meeting them. I enjoy being a part of their world. So, you know, I may then see their kids or I may... Like yesterday, for example, I was in Plymouth all day and we were with the daughter half of the time, we were with the mother half of the time, and then I had to drive her home and it got a little crazy and come in for a drink. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. You know,
1: gotta go home. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have to go. But you become part of their life at some point in a certain way. And I like that because I do value them and I, I hope they value me and I can probably name every client I've ever had because of that. Yeah. Um, that's really important to me. You know, I'm I'm a people person. So I kind of need that to get better at what I do. And so I like
1: it. So what about buyers and sellers, right? Obviously, you've had some listings, you've had buyers that you've worked with, is there Mm -hmm. a particular group, maybe it's either buyers or sellers, or like, first time buyers, or, you know, people that are trying to move up because they've extended their family or, you know, retirees, what are what is like your ideal if you were to pick the rest of your clients forever would it be one type of group or would it be that you would want all of them because it's different um what's kind of like your your bread and butter if you will and why I think I do like a little bit of the variety
0: Mm. but if I had to say what I'm most comfortable with I do like working with people who relocate to Massachusetts I get to show them more things. I get to explore different areas with them that may they may not know. But first-time buyers tend to be my favorite. Yeah. Because I'm a nurturer in nature and I want to teach them. And I sometimes talk too fast and I get excited. I want to give them all the information. Yeah. But then I feel like they need that. So if they do and I can provide it, I just feel like they're gonna actually grow themselves and they're going to learn something instead of just go through the process buy a house put their money down and the steps they actually learn things I
1: hope that's the goal I'm sure that they do and yeah. that goes back to when we were talking in the very beginning about you getting your license mm-hmm. and like you probably see a little part of yourself and it's like you get to relive that all over again yeah. through them
0: definitely definitely especially
1: especially younger
0: like maybe newly married people or young families, people that are getting out of apartments. Like it's so hard to get out of a rental, but when they do, it's so rewarding because
1: they're so happy and I get to be a part of that. And that's huge. What is the most unusual request, I guess, you've gotten from a client? Do you have a story like that? I do actually. (laughs)
0: Ironically, Um, I had a family that was coming here from Alabama and they couldn't get here often enough, so I Facetime them a lot through a lot of different properties. And my favorite thing was um, the wife had asked me to always do a sniff test, and I was like, "Okay, a sniff test is great." I kind of had an idea what she was talking about, but she was very sensitive to animals, and you know that oh, mildewy yeah. smell. So I would constantly, and this is when we were wearing masks still. Yeah. So I would go down to the basement and have her on FaceTime and pull my mask down and take a sniff. And I, a couple of times I had to tell her, I'm sorry, like, this isn't great. It smells bad. Smell, you know, there was definitely some animals here. Um, moisture, you know, things like that. And you can yeah. smell it. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. And ironically, they actually um, purchased their house without ever seeing it. Wow. They didn't even bother. I, and I talked about it with them. They didn't even put in the contingency to see it first. They were like, no, we're we're ready. We love it. We trust you and we trust your
1: nose. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, they trust your sniff yeah. enough to know. Yeah. And they love it. I'm surprised it. they didn't put a contingency in there. No. If it smells bad, we're not going to go through <laughs> yeah. with this
0: deal. That no, is was so great. funny. That was an interesting. Oh, that's one. so
1: cool. That is interesting, though. And mm-hmm. I think that they had a right to, you know, it's one thing that they can like walk through on the phone and see pictures and they can do all that kind of stuff but you're right there's like that kind of thing that is hard to come across on virtual stuff so very cool so you are you know a family woman as well Mm -hmm. so how do you balance life and normal life personal life and (laughs) also real estate world because you know anyone who's out there knows or they should know that it is not a nine to five job (laughs) It's not an balance. Yeah.
0: Um, I honestly, I don't. <laughs> Most of the time, I don't. Um, balance is my mantra for sure. It's actually my Facebook profile picture right now. Find your balance. But it's, it's hard. It's hard. I do have some limits. I try to preemptively tell new clients specifically, you know, my phone's off at 830,
1: hmm.
0: which is still kind of late, but my kids are older now, so I don't have to tuck them in. And, you know, 830 is the limit. Um, some still text me at one in the morning, but my ringer's off. So I get to them when I get to them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. It is definitely a 24 hour job, but you have to set those boundaries up front. Um, cause people will push their limits. Yeah, But I really think, I really think setting up those boundaries is, is huge. Do I call it balance? Not quite yet because I, I think I'm in a position where I have the flexibility because my kids are older and my home kind of runs itself now, you know, for the most part, but I I like to be home on certain nights and those nights are off limits, you know?
1: So you just kind of make it work. Yeah. Yeah. You got to just figure out what works for you. And then it's setting expectations with the clients for sure. That's like such a huge part of it. But then also setting the expectations with your family, you know, it's like, these are the days I have to, and I'm 24, I'm a 24 hour job and I got to yes. get it done. So, and then they start to understand that, like, that's your work time too.
0: Right. And I think with phone calls, it's a little easier because I can step away or, you know, if we're watching a movie and I have to take something, that's not a big deal, but I don't miss soccer games. You know, I still try to get to everything. Um, am I on the phone there sometimes? Sure. But They don't notice so much, Um, but for the most part, yeah, I I do try to separate some decent time just to at least be home and do some stuff with my family to, you know, participate as much as I can.
1: For sure. So talk to me about social media. Is it something that you rely on? Is it something that you're scared of still? Is it something that you feel is necessary? Tell us the the nitty gritty. And remember this audience is all realtors, so they want to hear from you. Just as much the struggles that maybe you have with it as they want to hear, you know, what successes you've seen from it. So tell us everything you feel about social media. I know that's a very loaded question.
0: So loaded. (laughs) Um, Social media, I definitely, definitely think is incredibly important. I really do. I'm not great at it. I don't like it, to be honest, because I always have that fear that's always been in the back of my mind, like, oh, do they think I'm, do I look salesy? Do I look like I'm pushy? Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. I don't want to come across that way. I don't think I do. I've gotten a little bit better about some posts and trying to incorporate work with life, because if you're all business, that gets old. Or if you're all family and no business, they're not going to know you're there. So I try to incorporate both and balance it out, no. um, I've been getting a little better. Videos is my nemesis. It's always been, you know, no one likes their voice, no one likes how they look, but nope. I'm getting better about that. We we've Our crew has planned a couple of events and we've done a couple of videos and I'm breaking out of that a little bit. Um, it's it. hard, it's really hard.
1: It's hard, but it's a personal struggle. Absolutely. Meaning, no one else cares Mm -hmm. if anything they're like we want to see you we want to hear what's going on we want to hear your story they're not doing what you're doing which is oh i don't like the way i look or i don't like the way i sound they're not saying that at all they're like you look great you sound wonderful yeah and the information is really what they're seeking so yeah absolutely um you know now that i know this i'll (laughs) i'll start pushing on you more for more videos my friend (laughs) Well, here's a start. Here's a video right here that we'll be giving for you, for you to share and and send out to all the people. And you're doing a wonderful job. So there you go. Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) So how do you handle the emotional aspects of real estate? It is very often, I'm sure, for you that you're, you know, like you mentioned, the first time home buyers and people like that, that You know this can be a very emotional transaction how do you separate that how do you make it so that you're like a therapist but you don't let their emotions kind of drag you down because that's a really hard thing i feel like in this business
0: it is really hard um i'm i'm an empath by nature like i said before i'm a nurturer i I Mm -hmm. care sometimes too much for people um, in the sense that it can be distracting but With that being said, I think it's really hard to focus on just business when people have stuff going on, Um, you know, when they're like they have a a sick spouse or they have to relocate or they have to go through an estate sale. Like there are situations where you have to put them first and not the transaction. Mm -hmm. I manage it okay. I do leave it at the door. I have to because everybody has stuff on their plate, but I don't forget it because you have to make that extra phone call that says, hey, how did your appointment go? Or not call about work. Just know that, you know, you have to be in their lives in a different way too. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, you don't wanna be a thorn in their side. You're not their best no. friend, I get it. But you have to show some effort there because they will remember it. They absolutely will remember it. Or do do something extra. Like I had one client who needed, um, a specific type of medical care and they were coming in, you know, from far away and they really weren't sure where to go, where to start. And I didn't really know, but I just did a quick little search for them. And I was like, Hey, I don't know much about these places, but check them out. They're close to where you're going to land. Yeah. That really, that goes a long way for a few minutes mm-hmm. of extra time. And that way you you feel like you're helping and hopefully you're actually helping, but you're not absorbing it
1: yep. into your own. So I can say without going into any detail that, you know, I had, uh, and I'm not buying a house from you anytime. I'm not moving to the North, I'm not moving the South Shore. I'm a North Shore right. girl, you know that. right? Um, but, you know, you went above and beyond and everybody in the Braintree office went above and beyond for me when I was going through personal time. And I know that that is a lot of like that empath, like having that like feeling of wanting to help and just be there and help people, like yeah. you do a great job at that. And I just wanted to make sure that I Thank said you. that too. I appreciate that. That's a huge thing for me. I
0: really do. I
1: appreciate that. You're, you know, talking the talk, but also walking the walk and I can (laughs) confirm that. So I appreciate that. Um, do you have mentors other than the office people that you guys all work together, but like, do you have mentors or are there, you know, people that train outside of Lamaki Realty in your, world that you like lean into either it being like life advice or you know certain people maybe that you follow on social that you're trying to like you know get better from who are those influences in your life so
0: i don't so much have like a a training aspect or a specific um life coach type thing but i do follow a lot of um I don't want to say like influencers. I feel like that sounds weird, but like networking people, like I'm, I'm part of some groups that are, you know, women business networks where, you know, we try to support each other in any business, if it's crafting or floral design or real estate, like we really support each other, um, in those types of groups. And I think those are really helpful because they balance their lives too. They maybe have kids or they're single parents and there's a totally different perspective than just going into a real estate group. So those have really helped me. And I, I follow them a lot. They're really, really supportive. They, we share each other's things on, on social media. Um, You know, we, we network over coffee and we do little things like that just to kind of get our life back to being grounded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like I'd rather have that than constantly being in front of like an influencer who's like, try this. trend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that balance. I I'm, I'm a person first and my job obviously is up there but it's second and so in terms of training i i stick to the basics of like do things well do things right do right by your clients and they're gonna they're gonna refer you to someone else they're gonna you know push your name out there and be really supportive and that's how i want to grow i think that's really the
1: the most basic part of it I love that. You've done a lot of events and things too. So talk to me about some of those events that you've done where you've brought people together so you can teach on like a bigger scale. And then on top of that, you know, you're sharing audiences with other vendors and people that are in the industry. So tell me about that and why that's been important for you. So we've done some
0: events. Um, We actually have a few lined up. We do coffee on Tuesdays now. We've been picking a new coffee shop on the South Shore just to work from there. You know, when we're in the office, we're working, but nobody sees us. Yeah. So it's a different kind of aspect to say, hey, we're working. If you just want to pick our brains, there's nothing um, formal about it. Just pull up a chair and we'll have coffee and we'll talk. I love that. Yeah, that that seems to be really um, it's fun, too. It's fun to get out and try new places and support local businesses. That's huge, mm-hmm. um, huge for us.
1: We are going to start. This is top secret. Ooh, but not uh-oh. This will launch for a couple of weeks. So you got time.
0: That's a, we're probably going to start in a couple of weeks. So we're doing, um, a bar pizza tour. Ooh. We're going to hit a South shore bar pizza place. Maybe once a month, I think is what we're trying for. Just similar to coffee. We're going to go, we're going to grab lunch. You know, first person to find us or first person to, you know, share our post will maybe get pizza on us. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Just something different. You know, there's real people out there that, They don't want the formality of coming into the office and meeting with us. And, you know, they just they just want to be in their own element. And I feel like local businesses is the way to go. And we can spotlight them, too.
1: Yeah, they potentially get a free meal out of it (laughs) or a free snack. And then on top of that, yeah, you're helping that business and bringing business to them. But then, yeah, on top of that, you're making a very like you're kind of dropping the guard of having people come and just talk to you instead of you feeling like you have to chase them on the phone or they have to call or they have to get any, you know, they have to be on your list or like whatever those things are. Exactly. So it kind of drops their guard a little bit. I love that. And I yeah. want to know how it goes. Cause that sounds so cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. About it. I love it. Well, we're getting close to the end. Okay. I want to close off by having you just give a piece of advice. You know, you've, you've truly, even though you've had your license for a long time, you really haven't been like in the business, that long Uh and you're doing such a great job like you're you've been doing such a great job so I want to hear from you what your advice is for someone who maybe they've maybe they've had their license for a little while and they haven't gone Mm -hmm. full-time or maybe they've been full-time but they're just not you know getting the sales that they wanted to get what kind of advice would you give to that person
0: um I think so there's a couple of things actually one is you know take things with a grain of salt we often get people who are difficult to work with and it's okay to not work with them. Just like they have a right to choose their own agent or a different product. Yep. We have a right to say, you know, this relationship may not work. I think that's okay. That took me a little while to to get through my head. Um, but you have to sometimes. Your sanity is more important than serving every single person because you're never going to be able to serve every single yeah. person. And over-
1: someone else might be better to serve them.
0: Right. And that's okay.
1: Right. I think that's
0: huge. People worry, like, I need to do it all. And you don't um managing that's very important I think the other thing is also just just focus on growth I I do love setting goals I love that we have annual goals and we have monthly goals and weekly goals and meetings and all this great stuff I'm a slow and steady wins the race type of person if I'm focusing on doing something better than I did it before that's good for me and eventually before you know it that gets you to the goals that you set yeah you know, so, you know, growth year after year, whether it's in units or volume or whatever it is that your goal is, don't keep your eye on the end necessarily. Just work on doing better than you did before. And eventually it will,
1: it will pan out. You're only competing with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Everyone's path is different. Well, Mahi, this was pretty easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> I swear I make it pain free. Everyone gets so nervous about it. Trust me, every single person, even people that have been on a million podcasts or like have, are very visible out there in the world. Yeah. Like I get people on here, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like, "It's fine. It's going to yeah. be just fine." It's um, so just witchy. you and I chatting. Although you know, hundreds of people listen to it, but don't worry about it. So don't no worry. wrong. It <laughs> is what it is. I'm letting it go. Well, there is going to be a lot of people that are going to want to listen because you gave some great information today, and I really thank appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing all of this with us. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting from the get go. We had. Cheerleaders in the office, all the way to nerve wracking. You know, what do I do? It was so easy, and I I really appreciate it. This was a, this was an honor. It really was.
1: And we want to give some credit to Gerard for the beautiful lighting in the background and the yes. sound being so perfect today. So thanks, yep. Gerard, for helping her out.
0: Definitely, <laughs> you guys really do yep. take
1: care of each other, and I love that. So we do. Thank We're you great. so much, and thank you to all of our listeners for being here today for this episode. And we will see you on the next episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Mahi. Bye, thanks.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you're interested in being a guest, email us at info at crushitinre.com. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to crush it in real estate.